Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. One man car. My partner Paul is uh, out doing some apostolic work. <clears throat> My name is Jesse Romero. Today we're going to be talking about uh, St. Alphonsus Allegory. He warns us about the actions of scandalous priests. Uh, and he has a lot of a lot to say about that. We also are going to be having Bob Schutz on. He wrote a book. It's called The Father Wound and Beyond. <clears throat> it's a book that's very relevant. Uh, so many people claim to have... Uh, this woundedness as a result of neglect or absence or abuse or or control so we're going to <clears throat> talk with uh with bob shucks who wrote a book on this and he's going to give us uh his analysis based on the research that he did his book was forwarded by by uh, uh he was his book was forwarded uh by uh, dr bob from the john paul ii healing center okay Today's the queenship of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and uh, we ask her always, every single day, to pray for us. Don't forget to pray your rosary today. <clears throat> you know, the psalm of the day always brings peace. It always brings peace to the soul. Here's today's psalm. The Lord speaks of peace to his people, to his people and to his faithful ones, and to those who put Put in him their hope. Kindness and truth shall meet. Justice and peace shall kiss. Truth shall spring out of the earth and justice shall look down from heaven. The Lord himself will give his benefits. Our land shall yield its increase. Justice shall walk before him and salvation along the way of his steps. Uh, the word of the Lord, thanks be to God. Jesus Christ became poor, although he was rich so that by his poverty, you might become rich. Alleluia, alleluia. Okay. <clears throat> Some things that are trending. <clears throat> Have you heard of <clears throat> former President Donald Trump announced on Sunday that he's not going to participate in the Republican Party presidential primary debates? Uh, <clears throat> Donald Trump cited a CBS News poll that showed him at 62%. Governor Ron DeSantis is at about at 16%, and everyone else is in the low single digits. This is why he does not plan to make a showing at the debates. Also, Tropical Storm Hillary was downgraded to a post-tropical cyclone, but resulted in mass power outages and flooding across Southern California. Over 45,000 customers were without power across the state by Monday afternoon. Hillary dropped more than half an average year's worth of rain on some areas, according to Breitbart News. <clears throat> also, a federal judge in Georgia temporarily blocked part of a new state law that bans medical providers from subjecting children to most sex change procedures. U.S. District Court Judge Sarah Gerdy in the Northern District of Georgia granted a preliminary injunction on Senate Bill 140 after it went into effect last month. Also, 
professors sue California over DEIA requirements. Six California college professors are suing the state over diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility requirements. They say force them to take the government's view on politically charged topics. The professors say the requirements are unconstitutional under the First and Fourteenth Amendments. Good for those professors. Good for them. Also, a conservative group <clears throat> sues the Department of Justice for school records. The Biden Justice Department intervened in a Virginia school district adoption of Republican government, Governor Glenn Youngkin's policies that, that center parental rights. America's First Legal filed a Freedom of Information Act request on Monday demanding Justice Department records related to Virginia's Roanoke County Public Schools. Also, a New Jersey judge blocks parental notification policy. A New Jersey state judge last week blocked three school districts from enforcing a policy requiring schools to notify parents before arranging for children to be subjected to trans treatments. On Friday, Judge David Bauman issued a preliminary injunction against the new policy recently adopted by the Manalpin, English Town, Marlboro, and Middletown School Districts. Also, resurfaced words of American Library Association President Emily Drabinsky, the controversial president of the American Library Association, previously expressed she wants to re-enter the children's libraries on notions of queerness and prevent what she described as what she described as angry white mob parents from trying to block the efforts. State lawmakers have cited Dabrinsky's radical views as a reason for public libraries to end their relationship with the library group. Also, free ebook. Our children deserve better and America's future depend demands it. The education revolution is here and everything Catholics need to know is is in here for free. <clears throat> so there's a Edify is offering a book is called The Education Revolution. This is a must read for any Catholic parent who wants to ensure that their children receive a quality education that's free from indoctrination and harmful ideology. Thank you very much to Edify. Also, Texas nuns may be excommunicated. Can you believe that? After a Carmelite monastery in Arlington, Texas, declared that they no longer recognize the authority of Bishop Michael Olson of the Diocese of Fort Worth, the bishop responded saying, the convent statement could be grounds for excommunication. Bishop Olson said, quote, This has hurt me as a friend and as a bishop because of the deep wound this has cut in our unity as a diocese of Fort Worth. Close quote. Also, Florida organization saves lives. In response to increased infant abandonment in Florida some 20 years ago, <clears throat> one man began a nonprofit organization to provide for mothers and their babies. Now, years later, this nonprofit has saved over 370 babies in Florida and helped over 6,000 women and girls through problems and obstacles in motherhood. Also, the drama of being. We've heard the Genesis narrative of Eve's fatal interaction with the serpent countless times. But what does it have to say about our own modern dialogue with the culture around us? Well, 
Daniel Fitzpatrick explains how, like Eve, our own distorted insights can be at odds with the truth. Also, the saint of the day. On this day, the church celebrates the divine queenship of Mary. And since Jesus is is the divine king that reigns on the throne of David, then Mary, his mother, is the queen who reigns alongside him. And just as mothers had influence in the king's court in the Old Testament, so too does Mary have influence in Jesus' kingship in his celestial court. Absolutely. Blessed Virgin Mary, pray for us. And so, as Catholics, I want to talk to you about the role of the Father. The role of the Father. Just give you a little catechesis on, on, on just how important this absolutely is. For us as Catholics, this is everything. In fact, one of the reasons that these anarchists, one of the reasons that these anarchists uh, are making so much trouble in our society, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, other anarchist groups, is because they disagree. They want to get rid of what's called patriarchy. So what is the role of a father? What's the role of a father? The role of a father is to lead, protect, and provide for his wife and his family in this life and into the next life. I'll say it again. The role of a father is to lead, protect, and provide for his wife and family in this life and into the next life. Just like St. Joseph did. You want to look at what a man looks like? Look at the life of St. Joseph. You know, God has established three institutions of authority. Absolutely. Absolutely. Three institutions of authority. God has given us uh, spiritual patriarchy. That's the Pope, bishops, and priests. He's given us familial patriarchy. That's, that's the father of the house. And he's given us also civil patriarchy. That's government. And uh, God has given us these positions of authority basically to protect us. Absolutely. God has established order and patriarchy within human society, within the human family, and within the state and the church. And each institution of fatherhood has a sphere of authority with jurisdictional limits that must be respected. The parents, by the way, not the schools, are the primary teachers and evangelizers of the children. Mom and dad are. You're listening to Jesus 911. I keep talking about the role of a father, patriarchy. The father is the leader of the home. We'll talk about that next. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Jesus 911. Now. Back to Jesus 911. 
If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911 Soul Patrol. All fatherhood comes from God the Father. And God has given us three institutions to give us social order and to give us direction, moral clarity, and that we should receive here on planet Earth. Again, God has established three institutions within, within number one, human society, that's government, two, the family, and three, the state and the church. Each institution has a sphere of authority with jurisdictional limits that must be respected. A father's authority of the family is limited to his own family. <clears throat> this is called patriarchal, patriarchal authority. In other words, I, as the father of the Romero household, don't have the right to go next door and tell the Robinsons how to rearrange their furniture. I don't have the right to go across the street and tell the O'Connors, uh, you know, where to uh, uh, where to put the dishes away or how to wash the dishes. <clears throat> Everybody has jurisdictional authority over their family. Also, church leaders have authority, which is delegated to them by Christ. And that's limited to church matters. The church is not, they're not experts on global warming. The church, they're not experts on nuclear energy. They're not experts on UFOs. The church is, ex, is an expert on faith and morals, the perennial teachings of the church. We call that spiritual patriarchy. And then we have government. Government is specifically tasked with the oversight and protection of civic peace and well-being within the boundaries of a nation or, or community, specifically law enforcement and the military, this is called civil patriarchy. Unfortunately, our society has been involved in, in patricide. So what does patricide mean? It means father killing. We've been trying to kill off the father since the 60s as a result of modernism, Marxism, and masonry. Let's take a look at the word patriarch. The word patriarch means father. What all the patriarchs of the Old Testament foreshadowed and all the Christian fathers are called to reflect is the paternal light of God shining through fatherhood. And if you want to know who the perfect father is, St. Joseph is a man whom the Son of God calls father and one, one whom he, the Son of God, serves and obeys before whom he kneels for a paternal blessing. <clears throat> Paul, I'm just thinking about this uh, Paul has uh, just joined just joined uh, the show. I can't, Jesus Christ, who is God incarnate, I can't imagine that when he went to bed at night, he asked his, his earthly father, Joseph, to give him a blessing. He asked, he obeyed his earthly father, Joseph. The Bible actually says that in Luke chapter 2, verse 42. Can you imagine God asking for a human being for a blessing? And this is exactly what he did. Why? Because of the office of fatherhood. St. Joseph had a very particular office. And God granted him uh, that office of fatherhood over the Son of God. <clears throat> and this is why we as Catholics, we have to, uh, we have to make sure that, uh, that we keep our house in order. We have to make sure that our house is in order before we're trying to evangelize other people. Paul, we're talking about fatherhood. Any comments? I can't. Okay, Paul can't hear me. Yeah, Jess. Uh, oh, there uh, just is. like you said, what an amazing. Oh, I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead. I can hear you. 
Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about fatherhood here and the fact that God. Okay. Okay. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I I sure can. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yes, what an amazing uh, fact that the Lord himself, God made flesh, submitted to his human father. If that doesn't emphasize the importance of uh, what you were stressing earlier when you mentioned on the show that, uh, uh, you know, the authority structure that God has set up, you know, uh, from the spiritual uh, to um, in the natural, as far as within the home and then the government, how important that is and how important it is uh, that that the Lord himself modeled that for us. And, and today what we have is the exact opposite. Uh, we have. Okay. Uh, something happened with my, my partner, Paul. He just, I don't see him anymore on the screen. But yeah, Luke chapter 2, verse 51 is a very powerful verse for us as Catholics. It says that uh, uh, Jesus obeyed his parents. Can you imagine that? Jesus obeyed his parents. Sometimes when I talk to Protestants and they try to talk about the insignificance of of Mary or Joseph or, or any of the saints, I go to that verse, Luke chapter 2, verse 51. And it says, And Jesus went down from Jerusalem with Joseph and Mary and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. Can you imagine? God submitted to a man. The yes. God child obeyed his human parents. And Protestants say, Mary's irrelevant. Joseph's irrelevant. You guys talk about the saints. They're irrelevant. Really? Luke 2.51 says, I'll read it again. It says, Jesus went down from Jerusalem with Joseph and Mary and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. Some translations say, and obeyed them. Who is Jesus? He is the God-man. He submitted to man, obeyed his mom and his dad. Uh, In doing so, I think he dignified the most basic understanding of human relationships which is the fourth commandment honor your father and your mother follow any comments okay paul is frozen so in our modern age people are taught to despise the ideas of submission and obedience uh the son of god himself worthy of limitless worship and praise shatters our shallow conceptions of value and worth Jesus' obedience to his parents challenges the insecurities in us that often make us averse to submit uh, and obey lawful authority. Jesus obeyed the fourth commandment perfectly. Honor your father and your mother. St. Joseph is a saint. The Blessed Virgin Mary is a saint. And so, in good Catholic form, here we see the God-man obeyed to saints. I know this scrambles the Protestant mind when I say that. This gives them an intellectual, <laughs> it gives them an intellectual charge. It's like, what? God doesn't submit to no saint. Are you kidding me? That's heresy. No. Luke chapter 2, verse 51. Joseph and Mary are saints. God submitted to Joseph and Mary. That's a very Catholic verse, but for Protestants, uh, not so much. Paul Commons? Yeah, just as you know, the Catholic Church clearly tells us that the family is the domestic church. And so, likewise, 
as you also know, that everything that occurs in in the natural, that is to say, in, in, in you know, in the temporal, you know, uh, also has a spiritual um, beginning. Okay, so in other words, the temporal just reflects spiritual realities that are going on, and so this is why it was so important that that God himself, when God took upon human flesh and became a man and he submits to his earthly father, that's a powerful statement that God is making. When you look at what's going on in society today, uh, 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 our spiritual fatherhood being torn apart uh, with bad examples and people who, you know, not all, but some, you know, but, uh, you know, uh, and it seems like the the ones getting all the attention, uh, coupled with the fact that the family has been decimated, uh, you know, uh, in the temporal state. This is why the world is so uh, um, uh, just uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Chaotic. The world is so chaotic. Mm. Satan knows good and well what the family and what the father and what all of that order means. Remember, God is a God of order. And uh, so, yeah, this is this is so relevant and so important for people to get that uh, uh, you mentioned earlier. It's not the school's job to, to, to teach the children. It's the father who sets the tone. That's right. Amen. Uh, let me quote Pope Benedict XVI here on St. Joseph. He says, Joseph, the just man, is appointed to be the steward of the mysteries of God. <clears throat> he is the pater familias and the guardian of the sanctuary of the Holy Family, which is Mary, the bride, and the logos in her, Jesus. Joseph thus becomes the icon of the bishop to whom the bride is betrothed. Mm. She is not at his disposal, but under his protection. So wow. uh, Pope Benedict XVI just called, he just called St. Joseph the bishop of the family the bishop of the family. Mm. Who else says that? A doctor of the church, St. John Chrysostom, 4th century Eastern father and doctor of the church. He says, every human father is the bishop of his family. <laughs> so you got two people calling us. That's the, the, the power of the office of a father. This is why the devil goes after fathers with a vengeance. Why? Yeah. If he can take out the father he can wipe out the family. He can retaliate against the children. He can retaliate against the spouse. And it, 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 is it a wonder? Is it a coincidence that in our in our prisons today around the country in the 50 states, 94% of the inmates in prison are men. Mm. Uh, 6% of the inmates in prison in our country are women. Is it a wonder that the devil goes after men? And tries to make them follow their disordered appetites and passions and emotions. And uh, and they end up uh, basically throwing their faith and their intellect out the door. And doing things that cause them to, to, to land in prison. And guess who suffers for that? The children. In fact, I was reading an article in Mexico. There are so many gangs in Mexico right now. And the reason is, in this article that I read, is because most of the fathers are coming here uh, north, they're coming here to the U.S. to find work and to make money and send money back to Mexico, which a lot, a lot of times they never do that anyhow. They just end up getting 
shacking up with a girlfriend in an apartment and forget about their family in Mexico or, or El Salvador or, or Colombia. But the fact is, the reason there's so many gangs right now in Latin America is because there's so many fatherless homes, because so many fathers from Latin America are here in the U.S. trying to find work, make money, and send back home. Yeah. Yeah, listen, uh, again, the family is the domestic church. And therefore, within that hierarchical system, the father, as you just pointed out, Jess, is in fact the one who... Uh, wields the spiritual authority within the family. You mention all the time about spiritual warfare and how important it is that if a father is, you know, has a certain amount of authority uh, that other people don't over his own family, over his yep. own children. Yeah. And so that connection is real. And God wants us to understand that, listen, again, uh, as, as I said before, I don't know how much of it was uh, we got, but uh, what goes on in the physical is nothing but a, a reflection of spiritual realities and spiritual truths. And so it is not a coincidence that. Hold that thought, Paul. That We're going father, to heartbreak. Hold that thought. Yeah. We'll be right back. Jesus 911, talking about the fatherhood, the importance of fatherhood. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. So how important is the topic of fatherhood? I, I would say it is the most important topic in the universe. You know why? Because God, the first person of the Blessed Trinity, is a father, is our father. And so mm. this has to be very important if God, uh, if God the Trinity is the Father, the first person in the Trinity. And a lot of people never really stop to think about the fact that uh, we, we, we know that God is obviously a Trinity of persons. But within the Trinity, yes. uh, within the Trinity, theology, Catholic theology teaches that, that there's, an, <clears throat> there's an economic hierarchy. What do I mean by that? So the Blessed Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're, all three are ontologically equal. However, uh, and what I mean ontologically equal, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the three persons are equal in being, and they're equal in substance. Mm. This is Catholic theology. But there's an economic hierarchy in the Trinity. What do I mean by that? The Son is submissive to the Father, and the Son mm -hmm. is sent by the Father. Also, mm -hmm. the Spirit is submissive to the Father and the Son, and He's sent by the Father and the Son. Yeah. And so, and so, although the three persons within the Godhead are ontologically equal, although myself, mm -hmm. my wife, and my three kids were ontologically equal before God, there's an economic hierarchy within the Trinity. The Son doesn't mm -hmm. send the Father. The Holy Spirit mm -hmm. doesn't send the Father. The Father sends the Son, and then the Father and the Son send the Holy Spirit. And just like in every family, the Father is, is, is in the economic hierarchy of the family. He is the one who has the final authority, the veto power, uh, because at Judgment Day, he's going to be much more responsible for the salvation of his family than anybody else because he sired them and brought them into this world. 
Yes, yes. I love the theology that you bring into it. And you, you know, you point out the fact that, you know, of the same substance, homoousis, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, God from God, light from light, uh, you know, and yet within uh, the being of God, you do see a uh, a simple way to put it would be a rank structure. Mm -hmm. I used to tell, uh, you know, uh, some of the deputies at work, I'd say, listen, uh, I am, you know, uh, you and I are, 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 are equal. We're equal. We're, you know, you're, you're a human being. I'm a human being. You know, we're both members of the organization. But within that organization, there is a rank structure. And within that rank structure, you know, you know, you know, th this is what brings order to it. And the father is at the top of the rank structure, period. That's all, yeah, that's, that's all that that's all that basically means. Yeah. Yeah. And also, mm -hmm. Paul, the word patria, which is a Latin word where we get mm -hmm. basically, you know, country, you know, it's uh, the word patriotism Patriot. comes mm -hmm. from the word patria, which is Latin, which means country. And, and and that's also derived from the other Latin word pater, which means father. Mm. And so patriotism literally means love of fatherland. Yes, yes. Love yes. of fatherland. And I love the yeah. way the catechism says, I forget what verse it says. It says, uh, our goal is to get to heaven, our father's land. It's in the catechism. Mm. Heaven is called by the Catholic Church fatherland. That's where we're headed mm. to heaven, the, our father's land. And, and that's what the word, you know, patriotism means, love of fatherland. And right. so, yeah, yeah, Paul, everything, right. yeah, everything that God gave us uh, is based on patriarchy. And it's no coincidence that the left wants to destroy it. Yes, that's, I was going to, you know, mention that again. Listen, it is not a coincidence. It is no accident that groups like Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and these groups, they are, um, uh, they are at uh, enmity with uh, the founding fathers of the country. Uh, it was no accident that they were wanting to tear down just uh, any statutes, any memory, essentially, of them, uh, you know, uh, like they're like like Satan accusing them uh, to tear down that structure that God gave us, like you said, mm -hmm. uh, within society, that father um, uh, structure coupled with the destruction of the family, easy divorce laws, all of those things that came about through Marxism and communism, all these ideas that were introduced, uh, coupled with now this vicious infiltration and attack on the church. Uh, uh, not not that they can destroy the church and 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 the perennial teachings of the church, but that individuals would get in there in order to try to distort the image of the Father. This is a this is a three-pronged attack yes. uh, by by the enemies of the church. Exactly, hundred percent correct, Paul. I want to move on to another topic, and it's, it really still it still talks about patriarchy, but I, I want to talk about uh, Saint Alphonsus Liguori, one of the thirty-eight doctors mm -hmm. of the church. He's uh, the doctor of moral theology. He warns, and he says that God sees scandalous priests again, fathers, as a bear sees threats to her cubs. The bad example of priests, says the doctor of the church, 
robs Jesus Christ of souls redeemed by his blood. You know, there's one verse that 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 talks about the power of a Catholic priest. I know it's in reference to the Levites in the Old Testament, but all but it has it has spiritual application to the Catholic priesthood. And I always quote this to Catholic priests every time a, a, a Catholic priest emails me or texts me, and I get a lot of priests texting me or emailing me all the time. I'm always <laughs> I'm always responding with this verse, Malachi chapter two verse seven, and and uh, because I want to encourage them. And here's what Malachi two verse seven says: It says, "Quote, for the lips of a priest should guard knowledge." And men should seek instruction from his mouth, for he is mm. the messenger of the Lord of hosts. So that, that's, a, that's a verse I share all the time to build up our priest, to remind them of their dignity. Uh, again, Malachi chapter 2, verse 7. Yes, I know it's, this is in reference to the Old Testament priesthood, but it also has direct application to the New Testament priest, the Catholic priest. It says this, For the lips of a priest should guard knowledge. And men should seek instruction from his mouth, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. Close quote. Mm-hmm. So the question is, how important it is how important it is for priests to avoid the sin of scandal, whether it be through sinful actions, hypocrisy, or spreading false doctrine. In a chapter mm-hmm. entitled The Sin of Scandal in his book, The Dignity and Duties of Priests, Saint Alphonsus Ligori pulls no punches in alerting priests to give his, to give this grave danger both in terms of their own eternal salvation and that of others. His teaching is especially relevant to our time. Despite the good example of most priests, certain clergy and bishops continue to make headlines in our news-saturated media on account of their scandalous behavior, whether it be sexual, heretical teaching, or financial impropriety. Paul, you want to pick it up from there? Sure. The consequences of these actions are great, writes St. Alphonsus. If in secular society the sin of scandal is so detestable, he notes, how much greater must be its malice in a priest whom God has placed on earth to save souls and conduct them to heaven? To whom much is given, much is required. Hmm. The priest, he adds, is called to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Salt, which preserves soundness and prevents purification. And light that shows forth the splendor of his sanctity and so enlightens others to imitate his virtues. But should that light be changed into darkness, what must become of the world? Shall it not be brought to ruin? He asks, quoting St. Gregory the Great. Citing the 12th century French theologian and poet, Father Peter de Bois, uh, de Bois, he says that just as a father can cause his child to sin through being a poor role model, so the priest sins doubly when he gives a bad example to seculars. Hmm. Priests are, pre- yeah. This is you see how this is related to fatherhood, Jess, and, and yeah, it, you know, exactly. it, it, yeah, yeah. Priests are the head from which virtue flows to the members, that is to seculars. Saint Alphonsus continues quoting Saint Ambrose. But if the head is sick, says the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah one five through six, from the sole of the foot up until the top of his head, there is no soundness therein. Hmm. 
the scandalous priest is the cause of the death of the spirit of his spiritual children, writes St. Alphonsus, on account of the negligence of priests' heresies came into existence. He continues, quoting Father de Blois again, and on account of the sins of priests, the Holy Church of God has been covered with uh, oberum and trodden into the into the dust. Yeah, that's the word that's not even used anymore. It's it's a pre-1965 yeah. word. It's opprobrium. It means disgrace or shame. That's what it means. Okay. I wish they would use it again. They don't use that word. I only find it in the old Catholic prayer book. <laughs> uh, opprobrium, yeah. yeah. Opprobrium, yeah. It means disgrace or shame. That's what it means. Yes. How great, oh, how great the punishment, uh, which is reserved for the scandalous priests, St. Alfa- Alphonsus exclaims. If against every secular that gives scandal, vengeance has been threatened, woe to that man by whom the scandal cometh, Matthew 18, 7. How much more tremendous the scourge that shall fall on the scandalous priests whom God has chosen from all men for his own minister. His bad example, he adds, robs Jesus Christ of souls redeemed by his blood. Uh, we'll pick it up. Yes, We're going to go to a quick break. Yeah. But there's a whole mouthful there. And I can, uh, uh, one that comes to mind is Father James Martin, because he's probably the most prominent. But uh, mm-hmm. this this article here, I mean, it just, as, as you're as we're going through it, it reminds me of him and many others. Don't don't get me wrong. He just has to be he happens to be the most prominent because, uh, you know, he's all over he's all over social media. You're listening yeah. to Jesus nine one one. We'll continue we'll continue talking about with Saint Alphonsus Liguori, Doctor of the Church, uh, Doctor of Moral Theology. What he says about priests giving scandals to the flock. We'll be right back. Stick around. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. We're talk, looking at uh, St. Alphonsus Liguori, one of the greatest uh, minds of the Catholic Church. Uh, he's a, a doctor of the Church of Moral Theology, and he's talking about, he's warning us about scandalous priests and the way they scandal the little ones, he actually says uh, that uh, God sees scandalous priests as a bear sees threats to her cubs. Uh, we'll pick it up. It says here, In the Lord's words to St. Bridget, he said, Upon them, great malediction will come because by their conduct, he's talking about priests, they damn not only themselves, but also others. And quoting St. John Chrysostom, if priests sins, if priests sin, all people are led to sin. Hence, everyone must render an account of his own sins. But the priests are also responsible for the sins of others. Paul, as I read this, I think about the synod of synodality or the synod on sodomy, and all those mm-hmm. priests and bishops that are going to lead many Catholics in the church into into a life of sin. Uh, they're going to yeah. have a whole lot to render an account on their particular judgment for this heretical synod of synodality. And it also reminds me of why uh, I'm glad I'm not a Catholic bishop, 
the Bible says in James chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, for mm. you know that he who teaches shall be judged with greater strictness. Let's not forget that the office of a bishop is one of a teacher. He's here to teach, mm. govern, and sanctify the, uh, the, the, the laity. And so, uh, again, to, like you said, Paul, to much has been given, much will be expected. You want to pick it up from there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The priest is entrusted... Uh, the priest is entrusted the care of cultivating the vineyard of the Lord. But he, the Lord, casts out of the vineyard the scandalous priest and places in his stead others that will bring forth good fruit, St. Alphonsus says. He will bring those evil men to an evil end and will let out his vineyard to to other, will let out his vineyard to other husbandmen that shall render him uh, the fruit in due season. You know, Jess, there's a lot of people that would accuse us of being mean-spirited, etc. But uh, you listen to the great doctor of the church here, St. Alphonsus, and uh, he's, he's, he calls them evil men. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. uh, that, that, that is priests who, are, who, who neglect their, their fatherly responsibility and, and bring about scandal. They're evil. And, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. so doesn't have to hear it from us. Yeah. Uh, alas, what shall become of the scandalous priests on the day of judgment? St. Alphonsus continues and says the Lord will meet them as a bear would use uh, 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 as a bear would whose young cubs are stolen or killed. Uh -huh. In closing, the saintly founder of the Redemptorist urges priests to also avoid actions which may be lawful, but could give scandal to others. And other causes of scandal, such as giving expression to certain worldly maxims. These, he says, include such, state, such statements as, we must enjoy the present life. Happy the man that abounds in riches. And God is full of mercy and has pity on us, even on sinners that persist in sin. And that's a common theme today, Jess, that, you know, come as you are. You hear that often, you know, uh, uh, the people have gifts to offer the church, right? Uh, yeah. Their sinful state. Uh, Paul, that last statement yeah, Saint, that you, Saint that, Alphonsus, uh, that last statement that mm -hmm. you read from St. Alphonsus, where he talks about, again, a lot of uh, modernist clergy, they'll say things like, again, God is full of mercy and has pity on us even on sinners that persist in sin. That last mm -hmm. statement from St. Alphonsus Liguori basically warning us about modernist priests, this sounds a lot like the synod of synodality. This sounds mm -hmm. a lot like the German bishops presently. This sounds yeah. a lot like the Argentinian bishops presently, the Belgian bishops, the Holland bishops, many U.S. bishops. You got 14 pro-LGBT U.S. bishops. And this also sounds like the Holy Father's encyclical, Amoris Laetitia, where, uh, mm. where, where the footnote says that somebody can go and receive Holy Communion without the benefit of an annulment. And so what St. Alphonsus Liguori talked about in this article is we're seeing it played out in living color right now, Paul. We're seeing, uh, mm -hmm. we're seeing again, when I say... When I talk about the enemies of the church, it's it's threefold. It's Marxists, modernists, and Masons. Yes. And they all work together. 
Marxists, modernists, and Masons, this is, these are the triple daughters of evil. We will be fighting them until the second coming of Christ. And uh, St. Alphonsus Liguori, who died in, say, 1787, he was already prescient about these matters. He was prophetic as he was writing these things. He writes, How scandalous would it be to, to praise persons for sinful conduct, St. Alphonsus of Liguori says. And then he quotes St. John Chrysostom. He says this, To praise those that do wrong than to do wrong ourselves. You know, I'm mm-hmm. thinking about where he says about praising those who do wrong than to do wrong ourselves. Mm-hmm. I, I, there are 14 U.S. bishops that are on record that have signed a statement insinuating that God created same-sex attraction in people and that such attraction is healthy and normal. 14 pro-LGBT mm-hmm. bishops. Uh, as I read this article, Paul, they stand accused by the words of St. Alphonsus of Liguori. Well, they stand accused by the word of God, Jess. Yeah. And in the, in, in the book of Isaiah, woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet for bitter. Okay, God himself says, woe unto you. Yes. The last sentence there in the article from St. Alphonsus, yeah. he concludes by saying, he that has hitherto had the misfortune of giving scandal or of being the occasion of scandal is bound under pain of grievous sin to repair it by external good example. So a priest or a bishop who is given bad example or has caused scandal must make public reparation. But uh, I'm not going to hold my breath. I just, I'm, I'm thinking about the words of our Lord Jesus Christ where he says in Matthew chapter 15 verse 14, he says they are blind guides. And if a blind man leads a blind man, both will fall into a pit. And that's what I see today, Paul. Uh, we, I see a lot of blind people leading other blind people. Uh, but those in authority, yeah. they're, they're the ones that are going to have, they're the ones that are going to have the responsibility on Judgment Day. And, 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 yeah. and scandalizing little ones, it just doesn't mean children that haven't reached the age of, uh, the age of reason. It means a simple, simple, pious uh, people of faith that are not that are not you know well educated or well read or very literate in theology. They're just simple people that love God and they're trying to do the right thing. Yes, and and, yes. Uh, and Jesus Christ talks about those simple people that they're all around us in parishes. In Matthew chapter eighteen yeah. verse six, he says, "But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck." and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. So what is a millstone? It's in a hundred pound rock over in Israel. Jesus is saying it's better for you to throw yourself off the bridge with an a hundred pound rock around your head than for me to get my hands on you. That's what he's saying. Yeah, that's a, that's a sober warning to those. Uh, listen, Jess, you already know this, and I hope our audience realizes it. Judgment begins with the house of the Lord. Okay, doesn't end there. It begins there. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is right? Listen, you might be tempted to say, well, with all these problems and what's going on, uh, why should I be Catholic? Well, it's because, uh, quite quite frankly, the Catholic Church is the bark of Peter is what you know is the vessel 
that God prepared for us to get into. Uh, that vessel is Christ himself. And so we don't have to worry about uh, the, those who would cause scandal or those who were um, uh, scandalized by it in that sense, other than to try to help them out. Because the reality is, we, if we don't all come to Christ, that's our goal. Our goal is to bring us to Christ, is to, is to meditate on his truth, is Amen. to preach his truth, knowing knowing what's 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 going to happen just we are really know that christ is going to come back and he's going to vanquish his enemies okay the church isn't going to do it the church isn't going to be successful in that regard it's going to be christ himself the antichrist is going to come on the scene the church is going to be under serious persecution and the power of god will be manifest and the church will be vindicated that's right you know a verse that keeps me going it's in luke chapter 9 verse 62 our lord says Jesus told the disciples, quote, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Close quote. Think mm. about what happened to Lot's wife. Okay. She looked mm. back and she was turned into a pillar of salt. Why? Mm. Because she was looking back at probably the fond memories that she may have had, the sinful memories living in Sodom and Gomorrah. She was probably reminiscing on, on, on many sinful experiences and she looked back like if she wanted to, I don't want to go forward and follow my husband. I want to look back because I'm leaving something that I'm really going to miss. And she paid for it. Mm. And Jesus says mm. in the gospel, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. So what does that mean? Jesus is calling us to work the field as a labor. And that's very difficult backbreaking work. It's, it's, it's painful. It's, it's arduous. And the Christian follower, the, the, the follower of Christ, uh, we realize that we've got to carry our cross. Uh, I'm, I'm reminded of a, of, a, of a Protestant missionary named Jim Elliott. He was killed with a spear by, by tribes in Ecuador. Uh, and right before he, they killed him, he said the following, which is such a beautiful line. He says, quote, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Close quote. Amen. Say it again. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Yes. God have mercy on that, all, Jim Elliott. Yes. Uh, listen, all hands on deck, uh, on deck Jess. Uh, we're, we're, we're involved in hand-to-hand -hand combat. The enemy is real, but, uh, but again, uh, our God is God. And... Uh, you know, I just want to encourage everybody to uh, be the fathers that God has called you to be um, and to set the example. <clears throat> and, you know, it, it, I get it. Life is tough. And a lot of us are in difficult circumstances. But <clears throat> always remember to pray for our children and to try to set a good example. And when we fail, that's what confession is for. Amen. Uh, if we can, yeah, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Being That's a wrap, faithful. my friend. That's a wrap. We'll see you next time. Same Christ time, same Christ channel. God bless you. Keep the faith. <laughs>